What's up, Cowboys Nation, and welcome to the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast, brought to you by Fansided and the official podcast of thelandryhat.com. On today's episode, we talk week 18 actually means something. We break down the Cowboys' road to the Super Bowl, and we also get into week 18 uh, and how we're going to defeat these Washington Commanders here. Already eliminated from the playoffs, but the game means a lot. We also have a special guest, Sam Leaf, who is an agent, uh, NFL agent and director of NFL and NIL. That stands for Name, Image, and Likeness Marketing for the Balanji Group. Sam has been in the sports management industry for 10 years as a representative for NFL players, uh, name, image, and likeness, and a handful of WWE talent. So it's a great interview. And his clients also include Neville Gallimore and Osa Odigizua. That might, uh, did I get the name right? I think I did. But two Cowboys, so it was a great interview. Um, we talked to him about how he became an agent, how social media has changed the game for athletes, why players have agents, and where the industry is going. And we also tried to get his thoughts on the Russell Wilson spicy collaboration with Subway. Uh, it was a great interview, and we are so thankful that Sam gave us his time. Uh, one thing that you want to do is we do a live stream twice a week. Once on Wednesdays, which is this episode that you're listening to now, and once uh, on every Dallas Cowboys game. So... We'll be doing another one this Sunday. Uh, make sure you come out and check us out. You can do so uh, by going to youtube.com slash Cowboys Can Fan Podcast or just search Cowboys Can Fan Podcast or Cowboys Can Fan on YouTube. will pop up. Again, that's every Wednesday at 6 p.m. PST, 8 p.m. CST, 9 p.m. EST is this show you're listening to right now. So next week on Wednesday, come join us or come hang out with us, do uh, play-by-play, live chat, uh, Q&A, sometimes we, uh, well, lots of drinking, of course, that goes on. So you can come join us for every Dallas Cowboys game. Same place, youtube.com slash Cowboys Can Fan, or just search Cowboys Can Fan. And also on social media, at Cowboys Can Fan. Uh, on all the social medias, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, we're there. Uh, not Snapchat, though. So if you're talking with someone on Snapchat, that's not us, but... Again, that's at Cowboys Can Fan on all social media. And finally, a big shout out to the Grid Network, G-R-Y-D, and the word network, uh, also on social media everywhere. Uh, make sure you check that out. If you like sports, not just Dallas Cowboys, but a nice, vast array of sports, like we all do, most of us, uh, you need to check out the Grid Network. There's a great group of collective sports minds on that network, sharing their thoughts. Uh, pr- pretty much, you could have a show a day, I believe, at the rate that content comes out. So uh, check that out. But enough of me. Let's get into the podcast. <laughs> Woo! Hey, we back. Crack them if you got them, son. And Crack them if you got them, son. Crack them if you got them, son. Uh, a three-peat. A three-peat on a crazy Wednesday night. Well, there and we and I'm and I'm trying to use this skinny can in a in a regular can yeah, it koozie. Looks, it's just a little weird. Looks kind of funny. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to the Can Fan Podcast. We have not been here for a while. It feels like guys since last Thursday. I know. It, it feels kind of weird when we don't have the Sunday game. I feel like I haven't been in the studio for a little bit, and I start getting a little bit stir crazy. And I feel like we, I don't know, I should have just went live 
by myself looking at the camera just so that we put something out. <laughs> but I'm glad we didn't. Uh, we got a big show today. We got a special guest coming up. We got a bunch of Cowboys football to talk about. Before we jump into any of that, I just want to touch on the the incident that happened on Monday Night Football with... Um, why did I just forget his name? Damar Ham- Hamill? Hamlin? Sorry. Yep. And uh, I know it's not Cowboys news, but it's the thing that definitely impacts the full NFL. And I mean, it it's caused quite a bit of controversy, so we're not really going to get into it. All I want to say is I really hope the guy's okay. Uh, I didn't make any posts on it about so- on social media, but I've been following it. It sounds like he um, is starting to get better. It sounds like he's starting to breathe on his own a little bit, but I did just want to just touch on it saying it was, it was pretty crazy to see. Like it was one of those moments watching that you actually kind of felt like, usually you see that the guys get, you know, the broken legs and stuff and you're like, Oh man, that would suck. But you see this guy and you see that, uh, he's getting CPR on him and it just, it really makes you connect with the player more than I've ever connected probably with an NFL player in my life. It was just a really scary moment. And, uh, I just hope the guy pulls through. I I really do not, not just for himself and his family, but just for his, his teammates and, and coaches just affects a lot of people. And, uh, uh, this one's for Hamlin here. Crack him. If you got him, buddy, Crack him if you got him, crack him. If you got him. All right. Um, well, and just like a, an Eagles fan, as you're giving a nice heartfelt, thing towards a or different something? no they're just tra- there's an eagles fan in here trashing <laughs> uh, uh Ik- ikrin flowers do you, do you, you expect anything else no <laughs> you, if you were going to say there's one fan base in here right now beaking well we're doing a heartfelt message to to hamlin what what fan base would you expect yeah the the shit goals so eagles that's that's pretty much uh Hey, man, we saw how the Eagles respond to a loss. Uh, I mean, that one kid with the stupid fucking mustache sums it all up. <laughs> well, let's, no, and no, hey, not, no, hey, not I, your mustache. Not my mustache. Not, not your mustache. And let's just say even last week's loss, the Eagles social media, like all the people on social media, all the fans, they went nuts last week because, guys, them losing the last couple games against us and then last week against the Saints, well, these little bitches have left the back door open for us, and we might be sneaking in. And the Giants said that they're coming to play. The Giants said they're coming to play the Eagles. Man, there's a lot. Okay, this is the crazy thing. It's these last few games this of this uh, month, or December, and now falling into 2023. Hey, first show of 2023. Happy New Year's, hey. everybody. Hey-o. hey But uh, the last few games, there hasn't been much excitement surrounding them. And I'm more excited for the rest of the stuff that's going to happen following the games on Sunday than I am for the actual game against the commanders yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly i'm just excited to see what seed we end up getting in uh where the eagles land uh obviously we we need to beat the commanders more than anything like doesn't matter win or loot what anyone else does you want to go into playoffs 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 with a win so that's the main thing the but playoffs. i'm ex- but i'm excited to kind of see what ends up happening going forward uh this sunday because there's they actually the nfl give them some props they know how to market themselves they basically have the Cowboys and the Eagles playing at the same time. So you're not going to have a you're not going to have a team play the early morning games, win or lose, which then affects uh, affects the afternoon games. They have both these teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys playing in the afternoon, so both teams are basically have to go for it and have to play their starter. So bravo bravo NFL, yep. bravo. And I don't even think they planned it this way. It's funny because you think that there's this conspiracy uh in with some of the games how they line up, but there's so many storylines in the NFL. That well, with the it time, feel the, that way. the time though they did like the 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 time slot, 
Like, cause they were all oh, too, yeah, they sorry, were all, you're right. they were yes, all to yeah, be, yeah. uh, announced, right? They were yeah, all TBA. TBD. I see what you mean. I, I was, to I, be I was just no, thinking, TBA. I was just thinking of the, was, uh, alignment of, of the teams. Yeah. No, that, that's, yeah. I mean, they, they do their best guess, right? They make yeah. all the games in the, uh, week 18 divisional matchups. It's a good guess. Hope, hoping that a team playing against a division rival is going to make a difference. And well, if you're, if it you, is. Yeah. Cause if you're, if you are, um, making a bet on best chance. Oh yeah, it's like it's gonna be. Yeah, an in division matchup is much more gonna well, call, uh, be much more uh, impactful than. Well, not. think how crazy it would have been if they went Cowboys versus Eagles instead of Cowboys versus Giants and and uh, Cowboys versus. Sorry, if they would have went Cowboys versus Eagles instead of Eagles versus Giants, Cowboys versus Commanders, we would essentially be playing for the division. Yeah, if they had <laughs> went. So it, the week 18 is pretty exciting. There's a bunch to uh, dive in about that. But before we dive into that, I was reading this article on the Landry hat about Sean Payton, which is going to be a little, this is kind of weird, right? We're 12, we're 12 and four. And I'm talking about Sean Payton, but this is just to kind of silence all the rumors that we've heard about Sean Payton becoming a Cowboys coach. So it was leaked. Uh, what Sean Payton's trade value is. So, Sean Payton's still owned by the Saints. So any team that wants Sean Payton, they're basically going to have to trade the Saints to get him as a head coach. And it was leaked. Sources say that the Saints are expected to ask for a first-round pick for the rights of head coach Sean Payton. And that's according to Adam Schefter. So mm-hmm. <laughs> coming off a 12-4 and four season, more than likely going to be 12-5, and five, there's no fucking way the Cowboys are trading a first-round pick to o- acquire Sean Payton as their head coach. No, look, okay, so like, how long does this last? Like, how long's he on contract for? Eternity? Well, it's for next for next year at least. Next year, okay. and he's he's been rumored that he wants to get back coaching next year. So if he's going to want to coach next year, the only thing that's going to prevent him is the Saints basically saying, "No, we're not getting what we want for him. He's he's not released from us, or he's not. He, you guys can't you guys can't get him, right?" Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the relationship he has with that organization. Uh, because they could do him a solid and just waive that if or, or lessen it, you know? Yeah. Um, it also says here, for context, the Raiders netted two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and $8 million from Tampa Bay for John Gruden. <laughs> that was wild. That though. is insane. Granted, John Gruden then ended up winning them a Super Bowl. Oh, right. But oh. but that is pretty, that's a pretty crazy, that's a, that's like trading for Russell Wilson. I mean, is <laughs> a, is a, that's I just, rad. I just don't see a coach's value being that high anymore. I don't know. It, it seems like there's just too many. The uh, the pool's gotten so much. The talent pool's gotten so much better. Yeah. And and we see these young coaches coming in now. Like, Well, you don't have to be a 45 to 50-year-old head co- coach that's been put through the ringer. Like, you got all these, like, uh, all these guys in their mid-30s that are doing great as head coaches. They're, yeah. They're doing very, like, uh, the dorky guy in uh, the Dolphin. What's yeah. that guy's name? Mike. Mike. Uh, what the hell's his name, Ad? Mike, the dorky guy from the Dolphins. Oh, Mike uh, McDaniel's. Mike McDaniel's, and then you have the Rams, uh, McVay, and you have um, San Fran's head coach. He's been great. Uh, Shanahan. Shanahan. Like, there's a bunch of young coaches that you don't need to be this 50 year old, 45 year old guy anymore. Stud, you, stud. Like, and you don't need, like you said, if they're only talking about Sean Payton netting a first round pick compared to what Gruden did 20 years ago, then they're basically. Oh, I, I a, see. Yeah, all all even uh, is saying it's worth it, and coaches matter. AJ, you're bugging. Oh, they they definitely matter, but you, I'm not saying it, they don't they don't matter. But if you're thinking about expending, 
a first round, uh, a spending a first round pick coming off a 12 and five season more or 12 or 13 and four season. I mean, really anyway, I just, those, those picks are just way too valuable. The, the value in my eyes is that number one pick. I guess it depends if you have a number one pick and you're fucking 31st or something like that, yeah. then being maybe big deal, but still it's a huge, you make too, there's too many good players. I, I just think that the, you'd have to find, um, Really high value. I don't think Sean Payton's it. I think that there's that there there are similar opportunities out there, and the the first round pick is just better spent getting a player who can oh, suit a need. Yeah, I think I I agree. I I'd, I'd way rather take a player on an established team, which we have right now. Adding a player to this team in the first round is more important than us going out well, there, so especially you, coming off a back to back playoff playoff playoffs. years and back to back over twelve wins. Well, that you're you're absolutely right. I think if you're looking at a team uh, that is struggling for the season and they don't have uh, the foundation there, then you need to have a coach come in and, and go through the rebuilding. And you pay more for a Sean Payton to set you up two, three years from now, not when we're already in a position where we could get to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, if you make that argument and you believe that the the Cowboys will be either rebuilding or going into some sort of rebuilding phase, then okay. I think there's more I could give personally. I'd be like more leeway towards leaning to that. But I mean, in the situation that I see, I mean, unless you're closing the door next year on the Cowboys with what they have, um, I mean, the shitty, all in all, the shittiest thing to be is stuck in mediocrity. So I think you got to pick one way, one way or the other and not kind of put both feet in the door. Because you'll, you don't want to get stuck in like ten to fifteen every single year. Yeah. The only way Sean, or the only way that Mike McCarthy isn't the head coach for the Cowboys is if in the uh, wild card we get absolutely. The, the only way, I, and even then, I still think he he'll probably be around. But if he gets like beat fifty nothing, is the only way I see them firing Mike McCarthy. I just can't see the Cowboys moving on from a head coach that is the first head coach to get them to back to back playoff years and back to back twelve. Uh, over 12 wins in back-to-back seasons. It just doesn't make sense. And then if they did move on from Mike McCarthy, I just can't see them trading a first-round pick to get Sean Payton. Anyways, that's what we're going to touch on that. Let's talk about Week 18, and let's talk about how the Cowboys can possibly get the first seed, possibly the second seed, but more than likely we're going to be snug at the fifth seed. So I have a couple scenarios here. I have the first seed scenarios, what we'd have to do, the second seed and then what would happen if we stayed at the fifth seed? Is that uh, a blog? Um, or no, I just have. have a, I just okay. made. I just okay. made a picture up. So first seed. So for the Cowboys to get this first seed, what the, obviously the Cowboys have to win. The Giants need to beat the Eagles, and the Cardinals need to beat the 49ers. So that's a like. Not only do we have to take care of business and smoke the Washington Commanders, we need to have the Giants beat up on a Eagles team that's probably going to be have have Jalen Hurts back, who's definitely going to be trying to get something rolling going into playoffs and then a Cardinals team that's basically mailed it in has to play against one of the best teams in the NFL, the 49ers. The 49ers are going to be fighting back because they have a chance to secure the first seed. First seed looks almost, I'm not going to say impossible, but first seed almost looks out of reach at this point. Yeah, but um, with a win and a loss, doesn't that put us no oh, you mean first seed overall for us to get the first ah, seed yeah. for so us there's to get, a lot there's yeah. a lot of things that need to fall perfectly in place it's not just winning you you, you got it you got to win and then you need 
two very good football teams to lose. Right. One of those good football teams needs to lose to an uh, inferior opponent. Like the 49ers losing to the Cardinals. I could see the Giants beating the Eagles. Yeah. But the Cardinals beating the 49ers. I don't, I don't think we're seeing it. If we get the first seed, obviously we get a first round bye. We make it right to the divisional round. The second seed. Now, this is, this is more plausible. All we need to get the second seed is the Cowboys take care of business and beat the Washington Commanders, and then the Giants beat the Eagles. Then we're number two. Then we're number two. We get a, we get a home game. We pretty much get home field throughout the playoffs. Playoffs. Until we play the first seed. If the first seed gets knocked out, then you basically have home field until the Super Bowl. So second seed's still good, but there's a kicker. <laughs> there's a kicker. If we get the second seed, there's a very realistic chance we play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And we all know how the Cowboys have been the last two times they played against Aaron Rodgers in playoffs. Well, who do you, who who do you playoffs. want? Who do you, it, between Brady and Rodgers, yep. which are both, I'm not going to say they're Cowboy killers, but between Brady and Rodgers, who do you think we have a better shot at? <sighs> the way I look at it, if you want to be a Super Bowl team, you have to be able to beat either of those guys. Yep. So, I mean, I would like to have the home field. The Cowboys haven't lost in, in AT&T Stadium this year. So I would like for them to have home field and I would like to see us beat Aaron Rodgers at home. I think we're the better football team. I think we're the better football team than the Packers and the Bucks. We should be able to beat both of them, but there's this stigma about both those quarterbacks. Well, we have a hard time against them. Look at look at how they can both just automatically just turn up. Yeah. Well, that's the scary it, thing. Yeah, is it, it, Aaron Aaron Rodgers this weekend and Brady this week. Both of them this weekend, it's like, okay, well, I guess either one of them are going to pose major issues for us because it can be a lot of this mental mental game going into it. We've never, we don't win against these two quarterbacks. It's in, and hopefully we would get over that mountaintop. The other two teams that we could possibly play if we had the second seed would be Detroit, the Detroit lions and the Seattle Seahawks, which both those teams are obviously a favorable matchup. And this is why the second seed's important because you are going to play against a less, uh, caliber opponent but more than likely if we get the second seed it's going to be against green bay if green bay wins i'm pretty sure they're in so i it and it's green bay versus detroit week 18 so whoever wins out of that game is and if we get second seed that's who we play so we'll know this i'm pretty sure they're the night game so we'll know this we'll end up be we'll have our games already done and then we'll be able to watch that game if we're second seed feel uh mr campbell and the lions can take Rodgers down you feel it I feel it and that's a divisional matchup and it'll be it'll be fun to watch I'm not sure if it's in Lambeau or in Detroit I'd have to look at that but that's how we get the second seed uh the fifth seed which we have right now if the Eagles win or Cowboys lose we're in the fifth seed and playing the Buccaneers no matter what the Bucks have already secured the fourth seed if the Cowboys lose or the Eagles win we're we're fifth seed and we'll be playing. We'll be traveling to to Tampa Bay to see Tom Brady and the Bucks, who did explode last week, and who, like Ad said, have been Tom Brady has been a Cowboys killer. The Cowboys have never beat Tom Brady, so it would be kind of nice to send him into retirement with a loss. To be honest, I would love to see it. So, those are kind of our our spots that we can end up in the playoffs. Playoffs, and if I had to pick, obviously a first round bye would be sweet because it gets us automatically to the divisional. But I, I just want home games. So first or second seed would be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it looks here there is a chance to play the Seahawks too. Yeah, Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. Right. And so, 
I mean, so possible if we're in the second <laughs> seed, the three teams, Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. Yeah, I just heard Detroit and uh, Packers. Um, uh, do you want me to do, I put yeah. your screen up and it's nice and yellow right now. Oh, <laughs> Let me fix that. You, know, um, you, you got know. the year and screen going. What do we got? Anyone in chat chiming in? Uh, just that stupid Eagles fan keeps... Uh, well, don't even give him the time. Yeah. Fuck him. Um, so EJ Savage says, I really hope the Seahawks lose and it's a win or a go home game for Sunday night lines versus Packers. That's what we'd love to see too. And then Jeremiah says, I think that I trust the Cowboys on the road. We've only lost on the road though. All four losses have been, Oh, sorry. No, we did lose. We did lose to the bucks week one at home. So we've lost once at home and we've lost three times on the road. Yeah. Well, more, more importantly, it's about playing a good football game week 18 here. Yep. Um, to jump ahead, you know, to be quite honest, I'm comfortable with the Cowboys playing all of those teams. I think Tom Brady is has shown, I mean, as much as I agree, you don't want to face Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. 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 Um, it's still every year, every game is a little bit more age. I think that we ha- we should have had Green Bay. There was key mistakes there that yep. cost us the game. And with... The Buccaneers, it's a different football team from every football team's different from week one to week 18. So I just hope that we improved enough that, you know, we can come in there and smack them because we did get smacked around. But it's certainly the, the Bucks definitely look like they have digressed yep. more than improved throughout the season. If you so. think you're going to be a Super Bowl champion, any of those six other yeah, NFC you gotta beat teams, you have to be able to beat them. You can't well, be scared of them. You have, you have to be able to beat them. That's what uh, that's what EJ says. He goes, uh, either way you look at it. We have to exercise. He says exercise, but he wants to say exercise some demons to make it to Super Bowl. Either Tampa Bay Packers or 49ers. We have to go through one of those teams. And that, that yeah, and that's not even us talking about once you get into the divisional round who you're playing. They're all scary. Like every team has great. That's why they're in the playoffs. And then and then uh, so two. Other, so one other comment here, which I agree with Justin V. If Dak can't fix his turnovers, we done again by divisional. It's going to be make it tough. I don't think we'll be completely done if he Dak can. Dak can throw a turnover, and their turnovers can happen, and we can still uh, succeed, which we have at times. But yeah, Dak, Dak needs to get those demons out of his fucking bucket before we make it to the uh, before we uh, head into the playoffs. And then fifteen oh three, Josie Martinez says, so if we go to Tampa and we beat them, who would you rather play the next game? I honestly, at that point, I, we're we're one and zero in the playoffs. Bring anyone on, bring bring anyone on. Uh, th- anyone left is going to be tough. You're either going to be playing the Eagles or, or the Forty ers which they're both going to like. If the Eagles get the first bye, you're you're going to have one of those teams in the in the divisional. So it, it's not going to get easier. It's only going to get harder. So get battle tested and then prepare for it. But before we get to the playoffs, playoffs, we got to beat these Washington Commanders, guys. Hey, this loser. And, That's right. And I was sorry. I was just pulling up their uh, la- our last game against them. Yep. Okay. Oh shit! I don't even have my TV on, guys. So AJ, while you're going through that, I'm just gonna get my tube going here. Oh yeah. No wonder. So yeah, I was like, oh, you you haven't said anything when it wasn't working, and I was like, I just maybe thought you thought that it wasn't working there for you. This what is the, this what is, the hell did you just say? It sounded like it sounded like nothing to me. So. Big storyline coming out, and actually, I made a post about. I made a post on the Instagram uh, at Cowboys Can Fan for anyone that's looking around uh, for Instagram. Uh, I made a post about Dak Prescott's record versus Carson Wentz without knowing Wentz had been benched for this game, and 
Sam Howell is going to be starting for the Washington Commanders. So we're going up against another unknown, guys. He's a rookie, hasn't started a game in the NFL. We just played against the rocket scientists last week, and now we're playing against Sam Sam Howell that has no tape in the NFL on him. Does this worry you guys a little bit? It always worries me, man. I mean, like, same, same thing goes. Less is worse, um, especially with... Me, I'm still not feeling great about the. Uh, oh, I'm still not feeling great about the. Um, hang on, I'm getting distracted here. Now you guys know what it's my, like. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, still no. not feeling. Here, gra- sorry. Well, I just want to make sure you you're, you're you can understand what I'm saying, and also giving myself a couple seconds here. Here, no. I'll just go. You talk to him. I'll get it going. For okay. Me. Okay. I already got it. Oh, boom! Booyakasha. No, Anyways, okay, we're a little rewind. Um, With these quarterbacks that don't have a lot of footage on, I'm still not feeling really uh, strong, um, confident in the defense. Still feel like we're on some shaky legs out there. Um, Hopefully this long week gave everyone a nice rest and we can come out there and honey pee and it won't be a problem. Hundy pee, baby. I'd love to see, uh, you know, I, exactly. Maybe I'll, I'll have a look at this kid, what he looked like in college and what kind of college player he was. But you can bet almost every fr- any new quarterback has some rushing potential to them. So um, definitely got to make well, sure that we keep that under wraps because that's what's been be- it, uh, That's one aspect of how they've been able to beat us on the ground is utilizing that quarterback run game. So the one thing that scares me is we're going to be going into the postseason having played uh, the Rocket Scientist and now Sam Howell. We're going to be going against these two like unknown quarterbacks to then possibly playing against Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. <laughs> That's what kind of makes me nervous. Right. Well, so you go from either two, <laughs> two of the two quarterbacks with the most footage on them to yeah. a bunch of quarterbacks who have little to none. No, yeah, none. Go yeah. from none guys that have no footage to then, yeah, Rodgers and yeah. Brady in the postseason. So I guess, yeah, I guess at least you have something you could look at. I mean, if you're a football team, you are going to go out there and you're going to deal with it. And we know our Cowboys can do that. So. Shit, yeah. Shit, them boys are having the time of their lives. And um, we do have our, uh, our guests Shit, here on the line. Shit, them boys is having the time of their lives. Oh, sorry, Alex. Oh, geez, you doubled down. I doubled downed it. Did and you then just double sound I double him? downed it, yeah. Oh, hi, I'm fake Jerry Jones, and you're listening to the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast. Make sure you hang on just for a second while these guys pay some bills. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. There's nothing I love hearing more than people making money off of advertising. I'm Fake Jerry Jones, and let's get back to the podcast. 
Ever double soundbite are, are, are it, bro. we bringing them on? Uh, well, yeah. If uh, so, if you want to um, give it, yeah, give I'll... the intro, and then uh, we'll bring him in. Sure. We are joined here by Sam Leaf, NFL agent and director of NFL NIL marketing for, and I hope I get this name right, Belongi Group. Uh, Sam has been in the sports management industry for 10 years as a representative for NFL players, NIL, which I think is name, image, likeness, and a handful of WWE talent. Sam, how was it? Did I get everything correct? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Balangy Group, and you are correct. It's name, image, and likeness. But the real victory is, did someone just quote Varsity Blues right before I came on? Did oh, I catch that? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Nice, you got it. <laughs> Okay, my, my kind my kind of group of guys. Yeah. We're off to a we're off to a good start. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for you being guys on. Are all doing well. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Exciting to have you. We've always we our point of having this podcast is to eventually get to talk to guys like you and kind of figure out a part of the NFL that not mo- most fans know about. Like, obviously, we have we don't know much about the mark or the uh, the agent world. So it's awesome to have you here, and it's definitely going to show some fans out there what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll try to keep it interesting, uh, try to make it exciting for you guys as possible, but um, was definitely glad to get on and hopefully I can do a good job kind of providing that perspective from the from the management agent role, uh, you know, because it is a it is a year round job for us, whether it's the season or the off season. And, you know, I speak for, you know, a lot of the agents in the industry, you know, it's a, it's a tough grind, man. It's not, it's not an easy job. And there's a lot of guys and gals in this industry that are super passionate about representing players and helping these guys really make the most of their time uh, in the NFL. And like, you need to have a passion to be successful um, in this field because you could go and, you know, the, you could take the time and effort that you know you put in into being an agent and if you think about it we have no control over the outcome right because we're not the ones putting on the cleats we're not the ones out there uh on sunday you know so it's a it's an interesting job to you know put forth all of this effort and really have no control over the outcome you know the you know you just kind of got to hope for the best and you know be ready regardless of whatever happens i have a i have a question about that like so obviously did you know this was a passion at a young age like how did you get involved with this was it something that you thought in high school you were like you know what i'm a, a big sports guy uh, i have a personality i'd like to manage people like was it something from an early age or did you have a different career path and then fall into that yeah, no, unfortunately it's uh it was not this is the last thing I ever thought I would be doing to be honest. Um I played football myself so I was an offensive lineman in college and uh nice. to tried to do the NFL thing for about a year didn't didn't quite work, you know, pan out and you know like a lot of other football players and college athletes or guys that, you know, go pro, you struggle to kind of figure out what your identity is, you know, once your playing career is over. And for me, I thought I was going to go pursue you know, working in entertainment. And that's exactly what I ended up doing when I first got done playing and got done with colleges. I was, you know, pursuing a lot of entertainment work, working a lot of production jobs. And I had a lot of friends that were in the NFL. And you got to understand this is 10 years ago. So the landscape looked completely different than what it did, you know, today. Really, the biggest thing is the social media and the marketing. But because I worked in entertainment, I had a lot of friends that were in the NFL that thought I would be able to help them out with some stuff away from the field. And, you know, in essence, what they were looking for basically was PR help and man, you know, marketing help, you right. know, but because right. I worked in entertainment, they thought I would be able to help out with that. That kind of forced me to come back around the industry from this side. And I kind of fell in love with it early on. And, 
uh, just thought it was a, a good fit. And, you know, 10 years later, we're still here. So, um, yeah, I, you know, that's kind of how I got here. I wasn't anything that I planned, but um, I'm, you know, blessed to be where I'm at for sure. Well, I feel like if you've passed the decade mark, I feel like I feel like <laughs> if you can make it past 10 years, you're going to be the, doing it for the next 30 or 40. So that that's awesome. It's sweet that you ended up finding a, a niche for yourself. Like, And it's, it's cool to see that you started off in the entertainment and let's be realistic. The NFL is probably the best entertainment out there. So it feels for like sure. your skills are just suited perfectly for that. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, you're right. It is entertainment. And I think that, you know, what caused me to get in entertainment in the first place was, is I felt kind of, I had like that creative twitch. I mean, you guys have that clearly for you guys to take the time out of your guys' busy life to, you know what I mean? To be dedicated and committed to a podcast is not easy. Right. And so like you guys can relate to that where like some people, you just have that creative twitch. Right. And for me, it never went anywhere. And I look at my work as, as an agent, and really on the marketing side, which consists of everything away from the field, right? That's what we just consider marketing. I'm able to apply that those creative muscles to to my clients or someone like a Travis Etienne, who's like, you know, the running back of the Jaguars. Obviously, I've never been a running back. I've never, I've never been a first round pick. I didn't, you know, catch balls from Trevor Lawrence in college. But, you know, I, I do find joy in looking at it from a creative aspect where it's almost like, okay, if I was Travis, what would I do? Right. Or like if I was in his position, how would I want, you know, how would I want to make these moments count? Right. Yeah. And and being able to apply that creativeness, um, you know, is, is, is a fun thing in this industry. And, and, and sorry, when you said Travis, you meant Navelle or, or Osa. No, no, Travis Etienne. I know. Oh, you know, Etienne, right. Yeah, th this isn't a Jaguars <laughs> podcast, bro. <laughs> My, I, the first name that came out, my bad. But hey, for, for Osa, Osa, Osa is, is, is my number one guy. Like that is, that is, that is my guy right there. If you ever get a chance to meet him, you guys will learn pretty quickly why. Like he is a special, special athlete and a really special guy away from the field. Like, you know, we presented him like he was a running back from day one. You know, awesome. when, when we were going through the pre-draft process, there were not other D linemen that were doing the same opportunities that he was, whether on the marketing side or the PR side or the media side. We really understood that we had somebody where you could put him in a room and he's going to light up the room. You could put him on camera and he's going to be able to hold his own. And a good manager is going to understand what a client's attributes are you know, put them in position to succeed, but, uh, my bad on that. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, just real quick, I'll just, the, the roster that we have, uh, from you is, uh, Osa, uh, I always get these Odie names wrong. Yeah. Uh, Neville or is it Neville or Neville? Gallimore. Ne Neville. Ne Canadian Neville boy, Gallimore, Canadian yeah. boy, shout out. Uh, Travis, yeah. Travis Etney Jr. Uh, and then Adam, you might know some of these uh, wrestlers: uh, Sonia Deville, yep, and Mandy, Mandy Rose. Rose, yep. So, and so, I'm just wondering, and you don't have to obviously give us any sort of number figures, but like, how important is it now for sports athletes? Because obviously, they get paid. You know, we see all the large amount of money that athletes get paid, but that's you know, the, if you look at the average wage, it's a lot lower than like say, you know, what. Uh, all the stars are making, you know, and, and it's still a lot of money. They get taxed a lot, et cetera, et cetera. So how, how important is it for them to have like a secondary revenue fund now with the, I guess the media aspect of it? Yeah. Well, not every player, you know, uh, is, is, you know, going to have 
you know, opportunities away from the field. But we do live in a day and age where there's more opportunities now for these guys away from the field than ever before. And once again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, like a good manager is going to, you know, I believe everyone's marketable, whether you're Osa or whether, you know, you're Neville, like Neville, like you said, he's a Canadian boy, right? Like he was actually born in Jamaica, grew up in Canada and played for Oklahoma. (laughs) That right there. Those are three different marketing angles that we can pursue to generate opportunities. Now, obviously, he's not going to get a Gillette commercial. He's not going to be he's not going to be the face of Gatorade, you know, or anything like that. But, you know, we've we have pursued Canada to find opportunities for him there. We've leveraged the Oklahoma brand to try to make sure he maintains a presence in Norman. And actually, this summer, he's going to be doing a football camp in Jamaica uh, with a couple organizations. And for him, like you got to understand what a big deal that is you know not only is he getting paid to go back to jamaica but he's going back to his home country to share you know his talent and his success with with a generation that are going to look up to him yeah you know so everyone's marketable in this day and age it's just a matter of rolling up the sleeves and getting it done but you got to remember that a lot of these guys like there is a big drop off like there's the top five percent that like i consider like are the crossover like the stefan diggs of the world the tom brady's of the world right like those guys away from the field like man it's it's ridiculous what they're making and if you think about it like their player contract those are four or five years long those things are locked in you you're not going to get one more dollar away you know more than what's on those pieces of paper regardless unless it's like a bonus where on the marketing side if you're savvy enough and you know how to you know make your moments count and try to hijack moments and to try to create opportunities when your players have these moments like the possibilities are endless right like someone like a dk metcalf right or you know uh, uh debo samuels like think about debo the last year what his run and then what that would equate to to opportunities away from the field well we were oh sorry we were kind of talking prior to that like we were talking about and you would touch uh, a little bit on it how 10 years ago these play these players didn't have the social media uh part of it right so i feel like how much does that help you guys in exploring uh new areas to market your guys itself that's got to be a huge tool for you guys yeah, it helps and it hurts at the same time. Like you have, if you have a player that has a couple hundred thousand followers, right, or he's got a large presence and he's got like uh, a great engagement ratios, that guy, it's going to help you. But if you have a gentleman, you know, who's killing it on the field, right? He's he's killing it on the stat line. Everyone in Baltimore knows who he is, but he's only got fifteen thousand followers. It hurts you because what these brands want to look for is like they don't care anymore that it's an NFL player. Right. Like being an NFL player to these brands, it's not enough for them. What they're looking for is if we if you put your if you put our brand on your page, how many people can we expect that are going to click click on it and learn about our brand because of you or because of our affiliation with you? At the end of the day, that's where it is. Ten years ago, you're right. Like it was almost cookie cutter back then. Right. Like you had these these 10 to 15 companies and those were the only 10 to 15 companies to go after. And those guys were only interested in probably 10 to 15 guys to begin with. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. And then everyone else was kind of just out in the cold where now, like, you know, you, this is this is the first example that came to my head, like Hyper Ice, right? Like they they have Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, right? And like they work with those types of guys. So like you can find a tier three version of Hyper Ice or Theragun, a company that makes the same product, but is nowhere near that level or they're in their brand journey. They're early on into that journey, right? Where they can now use uh, a spokesperson, they can now use someone endorsing their product to elevate their product, you know, to elevate their brand. And so social media helps in um, making that number one, a possibility, but two, also it's a, you know, that's where you find a lot of business, right? That's where you find a lot of brands. Like there's a lot of things that we do that kind of begins with social media. And then when you do get an endorsement deal for an athlete, whether it's an NFL player or an NIL client, which is an entirely different subject or like a WWE client, every single one, every single deal that we have, there is a social media component in it, period. Um, Sam, uh, since we're... Crack them if you got them. So yeah, every- we like to we like to drink on this show a little bit. So let me get one too. Crack them if you got them, son. Let's go. We're, it's kind of our trademark, uh, Sam. No, no, drink up, drink uh, up. I like it. Since we're on the whole uh, topic of social media and marketing, and and obviously as an agent and you forming the relationships with your client, when you look at when your clients are sitting there, and if like you said, there's only a, a certain top five percent that'll get you know, the, the major dollars coming in and certain types of endorsement deals. But then when you have players that are sitting back and we see this kind of, uh, social media push or anybody can kind of go direct to fans and you have a guy like, uh, Pat McAfee or, uh, the guys on busing with the boys, or even some of the more notable, uh, shows like I am athlete where they're creating these podcast platforms because it's commoditized now where you can go on a YouTube and any fans, uh, can like us are like ourselves create a show around a specific topic. Do you find, a lot of your clients are trying to maybe getting into podcasting or starting their own uh, media brand online, not just social media posts, working with brands, but like creating something over the next five, six years. Are those discussions that you find yourselves and your team talking to your clients about? It, it Not as much as you would think, only because it takes a certain type of guy to be able to do that, right? Like Pat McAfee is a perfect example, right? Like that dude's printing, that dude's printing money right now and all, and all power to him. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome to see the run that he's, he's been having and and what he's been able to do. But, you know, Osa is actually a guy where there is a passion for broadcasting and there's a passion. He wants his own podcast, right? But like that, I would say he's probably the only current client that we have that we're currently having those discussions on. And we're having those discussions with him because it's it's a it's a passion for him. Like we, you know, Jalen Phillips, who's a outside linebacker or DN for the Miami Dolphins, that's Osa Odigazua's best friend. And actually this offseason, they shot a couple uh, pilots, whatever you want to call it, uh, of a podcast that we kind of shopped around to see if we can get, you know, um, uh, like an action park media right. or complex, someone like that to pick up Spring Hill Entertainment. Yep. Uh, and we kind of, and so for them, but it was something that they both want to do. Like, I don't know why my brain's going to this. Like, he's not a client, but like, if you have someone like Kendrick Bourne, who's the wide receiver for the New England Patriots, he was in San Francisco. A guy like that, like, those conversations are going to be had, right? Even if right. he, doesn't want to do it only because it's like he's got such a an electric personality he's right. got such a charismatic personality where some of these guys like man they don't even want to do the interviews right 
after the game, you know what I mean? Let alone to host their own. So it's like, if there's a passion there, but like my dream is to, is to like have a Pat, you know, someone like a Pat McAfee and just to have a canvas like that. And just to be able to kind of see what you can create because you, we are in a time of the industry where it's really kind of like the wild, wild West. Like you said, there isn't just one way of doing it. And there's so much access to these players, which I think is a good thing and an, and a bad thing, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because it, it it's like back when you know in the in the 90s and the early 2000s man you, you, pro athletes used to be on a pedestal right because it's like you didn't have so much access to them like you couldn't you know hear their thoughts on a daily basis and so like when they came into your town or if you ran into them at a steakhouse you know what i mean or at an nba game it was a big deal where now someone like a logan paul you know what I mean? Or yeah. like a, a an Addison Ray, like those type of people have way more influence than than the average, you know, NFL Pro Bowler, not even just NFL player. Yep, right. But someone on like Pro Bowl level. Definitely, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. Like social media gives you kind of an inside access to your favorite athlete. Like I'm 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 yeah. basically Des Bryant's best friend because <laughs> I follow because I follow him on Twitter, you know? Like you basically get to see every aspect. I got kind of a fun question for you. And uh, we got to go back to week 15, uh, Cowboys at Jaguars. And you got a couple of your guys on the field playing against each other there. And I just need to know what it's like. Are you like a stressed out parent watching their two yeah. kids play? Like, how, like take us through, yeah, you take us through Etienne playing against Neville Gallimore and Osa and like what your day's like coming up to that game. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, it's it's easier when you're at home. If you're in the stadium and you happen to be sitting and both families are there, that's when it gets interesting, <laughs> right? That's when it gets that's when it gets awkward. But for that Jags game, you know, and you got to give credit to the Jacksonville. They're really playing some good football. And it was funny, you know, Osa's got like such an old school uh, mentality, Neville too, but Osa's really built like he was, he was made for the eighties. Like it's, it's, he's currently getting a, a massage, right? Like this dude is working on his body five, six days a week. Like it's insane. And it was funny, like leading up to that Jags game, I was like, Hey, Osa, like number one, like just, you know, make sure you don't, you know, don't hurt him or, you know what I mean? Just like be careful. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Osa's response is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break him in half. You know, there we go. Like, I'm going to break him in half and let him know that that's from Sam, you know, and that's and that's Osa. And that, another quick, funny Osa story. When they played in Minnesota, I have an offensive lineman who's a rookie there for the Vikings. And I was at that game and, you know, I was going to be on the field. Uh, before the game and you know osa knew who he was right and i was like osa you know like you think we can you know maybe set it up to get a pick of the three of us you know before the game and osa's like ah uh, he's like what position does he play already knowing <laughs> what position he plays i was like he's an o-lineman osa. And he's like yeah he's like i'm sorry man i can't i can't do it you know and he, and he refused he refused to take the photo where a lot of the times like you know it's it's all in good fun it is fun to kind of see um, them go against each other. You know, our agency, we represent like 34 NFL players. So Patrick Queen is another guy on our roster. Uh, Kevin Dotson, who's the left guard of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on Sunday Night Football this last week, I was watching them bang heads for like four quarters. And it's like, <laughs> I'm wondering, like, is there conversation in between the plays? Like, you know what I mean? Are they acknowledging it? But I think to them, like, when they're out playing in an NFL game, I think the last thing they're thinking about is their agent and let alone their agent's feelings or Definitely. whatever their agent, you know. 
if they not are high on if they are saying anything you you hope you're like man i hope they're talk- i hope they're saying good shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly but i think they all know of each other but that jags one was 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 interesting just because you know that was a little bit of a mismatch man if either one of those guys were able to wrap up on him you know that's that's quite a big you know quite a big a weight difference but luckily everyone got out of it okay safely but uh we had uh last thing i'm sorry i'm so long-winded we have no, don't please, be, love it love please it. we love it we have five guys that play for the texans and uh including Derek stingley jr who's the number three overall pick christian harris who's killing it right now he's a middle uh, linebacker rookie from alabama um and a couple other guys garrett wallow uh austin deculus and so we had all the families at AT&T Stadium for that, you know, Texans Cowboys game. And I'm not going to lie, I wish we had a video camera in the suite because like it, if you guys remember, <laughs> that was a close game. It was. Yeah. 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 We, we remember. remember. We, we remember. remember. It was close. It was way yeah. closer than it it needed to be, I feel like. But yeah, it was it was definitely a close game. It was close and it was a lot closer than anyone thought and like at the end there was like a nice little climax and 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 in the suite it got divided real quick, you know, like real quick. And it got really intense amongst the families. And then the game was over. Like everyone was shaking hands and hugging each other. Like you would have thought that they were just walking off the field. And I was like, like, these are the moments that like need to be captured. Right. Because these are the moments that kind of make all the BS and all the shit you deal with in this industry worth it. When like you can see a moment like that, but it was, it was fun. Like that was a day, um, I'll never forget, you know, because we had Osa's family in there, Neville Gallimore's family in there, Neville Gallimore's fiance is very outspoken, you know, so it was uh, it was a fun moment. It was definitely a fun moment. It was just kind of funny to see, you know, it got real in there real quick. It got real, <laughs> got real tight in there real quick. So it was good stuff. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was pointing at pointing at Anth. I thought you had something. Oh, no, 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 okay. no. You thought I had. A, no, you go, go. No, you got that, one. that is that is hilarious. It, it's almost worth a uh, a little docu series on the side of like just, <laughs> just the the families and you know. The, I mean, oh. one of the big thing that I think brought me in because uh, little a little behind baseball here. Uh, me and Adam are new Cowboys fans. Well, two years now. Uh, but we started with Anth here, who has been a longtime Cowboys fan and was doing his own podcast, Adam and Anth, they're brothers. We've, I've been, uh, I'm basically an adopted brother uh, True. <laughs> by force. And uh, we started this cast about two years ago and have just been kind of growing it. And um, I can't remember where I was going with that. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was like a heartfelt story. Like you're wanting to get Sam Leaf on our side, no, which was, he's already on our side because he's on our uh, on our show right now. Yeah, trust me, I'm already thinking about trying to get you guys connected with Osa and getting oh. him on to be an entire episode. Yeah, one of our one of our uh, one of our members in our uh, live chat right now sent a super chat so they they can pay to have a comment kind of get posted up and they're like get him to call osa or neville right now and see if we could get a cowboy uh, the first time a cowboys player on the cast i'm thinking don't scare him away guys <laughs> yeah. don't don't scare don't start scaring him away i, I remembered what it was sorry oh, okay geez. let's hear sorry. it yeah let's hear it, it. it the, the whole long rant was that's what got me like at first i was just coming on to produce and but then what brought me on was the hard knocks coincided with that first with the season last year for the Cowboys. So it was like this huge um like I, I swear you would fall in love with any team if you had to watch these 
these uh, kind of hard knocks. And some well, you get to see the guys behind the scenes. You get to see their heart heartfelt. Yeah. And you, yeah, definitely. like I was, I wasn't a Zeke fan at all. I, I didn't like him. Yeah, but you know, Cowboy says like, okay, here we go. But then after seeing that uh, episode of Hard Knock or those first few episodes of Hard Knock, it's like, oh, I love this guy. So it can just getting a little insight and and like you mentioned, social media, good or bad, it depends on the person, I guess. But it can really make people fall in love with these. Well, the players. main thing that the Cowboys do about uh, sounds from the sidelines, and Osa's usually has some pretty funny parts on that. So you can even you only get a glimpse of yeah. his personality from these sounds of the sidelines and the guy seems like he's fucking hilarious yeah. <laughs> just from those sounds yeah, of the sidelines. He, he's, he's one of a kind and like his teammates know it. And, uh, yeah, those sound bites are pretty good. He just did, uh, and see, I think that's an example of like, and they love him in Dallas. You know, uh, when I say Dallas, like the front office, like they really, really like him quite a bit. And, you know, when, when Dan Quinn came in, you know, that was one of the first, you know, him and Micah Parsons, those were his, those were his guys, right? You think you look at that draft class from, uh, from, you know, 2021 and a lot of those defensive players that came in, those were Dan Quinn's first guys, right? Like those are, those are the guys that he brought in and they really do love them. But I think now finishing, coming up on wrapping up year two, Dallas is starting to realize what it is that they got. Like the same thing with Dak, right? Like you see what he's doing in the community. You see what he's doing with a lot of his charities. Like you're going to lean into that as a, as an organization, you've got a D lineman, that's personable and funny you you you're going to tap into that because it's like it's not a running back right it's not cd lamb it's not one of the guys that touched the ball it is a really unique thing and let's set it up to try to get him um and we should probably talk about this off air but let's let's get it set <laughs> yeah. up. let's get it set up to get him in there with you guys and uh, i think you guys would have uh, a hell of a time with them, and I think everyone in the chat rooms as well would, uh, especially the ones that are paying to chat, would, uh, <laughs> yeah. would have a good time. And I see the hustle; I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, we that we appreciate it, man. That that's amazing. Uh, I have a another kind of a funny a funny question. Uh, it's not to do with anything that's actually real life. I got to ask you: Are you a, a Jerry Maguire guy, or are you the Ballers uh, type sports agent? So you got the Rock, <laughs> or are you Tom Cruise in, in behind the scenes? Man, man, I'm, I'm sadly I'm neither man. I don't know where. I, I, don't know I think where that's I, a good answer. Yeah, that those are two hard ones. I definitely don't have the rocks closed, and uh, I definitely don't have uh, Tom Cruise's teeth or that side profile. So uh, I don't know where I'm at on that one. Maybe ask me in a couple years. But I'll give Ballers credit. I thought that there was a lot of shit that was kind of bullshit in there, but of course, yeah. I thought. That did a did a good job with some of the little things like really kind of tapping into like how things are um and they did a really good job i think painting a picture of you know what life as a pro athlete is now because it is different than what it was 10 15 years ago yep. you know what i mean like troy polamalu and that whole group like in the ray lewis's like those though those guys were mega stars can you imagine like what they would be like if they were at their peak now and with all of these tools totally. and all of these yeah. assets that are at their disposal? You know, it's a yeah. different ball game. Way different ball game. I, I, even with like ballers, it still probably doesn't truly show the landscape of what's going on right now with media, social media, and how things are constantly evolving with the game, specifically because of that direct interaction with the fans and the athletes, right? Uh, so I got a question. So Anth asked the Jerry Maguire ballers question. Um, what's like one misconception that 
people have about sports agents. So when they find out that you're a sports agent, what is like one question that you always get from them that you always seem to correct, if any? For sure. The percentages that we take, they're shocked when they learn what it is that we, what it is that we're earning. You take a lot more than they think, hey? (laughs) (laughs) I I wish, bro. I wish. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's, it's when you, cause NFL, you know, it's standard, the it's 3% is the max percent that you can take from wow. their, from their contract Crazy. people. Oh, that's like the number one thing that you're correcting. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think a lot of people, when they hear agent, they automatically think you're like a baller, right? They really think like you're the rock or you're Jerry Maguire right. and you got, <laughs> you got to correct them and show them your freaking wardrobe and show them your bank account and let them know that you're. You're neither, but you go to bed with a big smile on your face. And I think there, there are a lot of guys that are that do earn a good living from being an agent. And if you do this right and you understand kind of the landscape, there is money to be made. But I think the percentages are like the biggest thing that people have a misconception of. Like they, they're assuming it's like entertainment where you're taking like 10, 20%. You know what I mean? Like right. our NFL, we take the least. It's 3%. You know, NBA, MLB, they're taking 5%. And if you think about it, our guys, when I say our guys, NFL players, they're getting paid the least. They have the shortest careers and we're taking the smallest percentage. Right. We're like, like MLB, sorry. Like the dudes, the relief pitchers, the dudes that come in (laughs) two innings, you know what I mean? Are getting like eight, nine million a year. Like just to, just to pitch twice a week. (laughs) Like it's it's crazy. So I I thought it might be, uh, Hey, Show me the money. <laughs> yeah, how often does that get said to you? Show me the money. That must get said all, all the time. You know, yeah, the Jerry Maguire thing, like in the in the date, you know, when you if you date girls, right, and they learn you're an agent, they automatically like, oh, I watch Jerry Maguire. <laughs> oh, are you like Jerry Maguire? It's like, yeah, it's like, man, if I had a dime every time I heard that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to be an agent anymore. <laughs> you know? When you're going back on the Jerry, like, so when you, like, obviously as a casual uh, fan, not really understanding the sports agent uh, world and how it works when you're working with a team of people at your agency, is it like you and you have your roster and you're kind of like fighting for that talent or are you, is it like a team effort where there's multiple agents that are rep- repping uh, a core group of, uh, of, of talent on your, on your, on your roster? Yeah. Every agency is different. So for the most part, most agencies are kind of, um, each individual agents in there and they kind of manage their own roster and they kind of do their own thing. And then they use the support staff as they need it. Right. For us at Balangy, it really is a group effort. Um, there's four NFL agents there and we're on all, all four agents are on every paperwork nice. and each eight and each person has a role within that. Like for me, my role within, you know, I'm an agent number one, but like my secondary role is kind of is marketing, um, and then the, the endorsement side, that's, that's definitely what, um, I bring to the table and that's the value that I have. Um, but yeah, each agent does bring something different to the table. Like right now, you know, we're, we're just wrapping up our, uh, our 2023 draft class, right? Like we're signing guys that just got done playing the nice. bowl games a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, they're starting to train right now. A couple of them are training out here in Dallas, which is why, you know, I came out here. Um, and so it's like in the early stages, like when we just get these guys and, you know, it's really a team effort and, and some 
players will migrate towards certain agents or certain agents will have a different type of relationship with that player. And then they end up kind of becoming the point person, right? Just because it's that's what's most comfortable for that player and their family. But it is a team effort at Balanji. And that's probably like my favorite thing uh, about this agency is the fact that, and you got to remember, I'm a football player. So I was right. an old lineman. I came up on the team aspect that playing a role and executing that role is just kind of how I've come up. So, right. So, with saying that, because you kind of mentioned <sighs> you guys all have certain roles and you have certain skills to bring to the table, but you get got you get players like Lamar Jackson who go the route of not deciding to have an agent. Like, what would be the benefit? Crack him if you got him over there. What would be the benefit for him to have an agent versus not having an agent? Because I never understood. Is he just trying to? Obviously, he's trying to represent himself. But it feels like guys like yourself who are literally putting, I don't know, probably 15 to 20 hour days in to represent these guys and find every single aspect for them uh, and opportunity. Like, I just don't understand why he wouldn't want to, to have you like someone represent him. But what do you think about players that decide to go that route? Yeah, every player is different, right? And every scenario is different and, and their journeys are different. I would never recommend a player not being represented by an agent. You know, if you look at Lamar and thank God this hasn't happened, but can you imagine if maybe something did happen in his career where there was a big injury or they did try to, you know, get rid of him or did, you know, all of these things that would happen, what would be his line of defense? Yeah. What would be the first line of defense? And people need to understand like how the role of agents even were created, you know, Players have an obligation to try to get every single penny that they can. Front office have an obligation to try to replace you every single day and not give you one penny more than they have to. And so, like, can you imagine if the player dealt with the front office directly every single time and every single player? There would be so much resentment where the role of the agent really became almost the broker, right? You're the go-between. You're the one that's like a front office member is going to negotiate differently with me than as if they were, you know, negotiating directly with Lamar Jackson. And I don't know Lamar. I don't know his situation. But even though he's not represented by an agent, I'm sure there is still some type of legal counsel. There is still some type of sports attorney that that is looking over that paperwork and, and having those conversations with the team, you know, but like for us is it's about the CBA, which is the collective bargaining agreement, right? Like that's the Bible between the players and the owners. And if you don't have an understanding of that and understand how the teams like to use the C, how, how the teams like to manipulate the CBA into their advantage, you're not going to be able to to defend your player, you know? So I would never recommend it, but you know, more power to those guys. Um, Everyone's, everyone's different. I think there's some cases where, some guys made it seem like it was a good thing that they didn't have an agent. I think there were some cases that guys that didn't have an agent and they suffered because of it. Right. Um, I have uh, I have one more kind of serious one here, and then there's a couple fun ones to follow up, but maybe you guys have some other questions too so we can throw those Take up. Take us a ride, AJ. Get, get us yeah, a serious and, and then get us your funnies. Sure, yeah. and, and Sam, <laughs> we appreciate your time, so hopefully you can hang on for a, a little bit longer here. Um, yeah, we're awesome. play it on me. Uh, so uh, how do you see like either the industry or your role as sports agent and also uh, NIL here for the NFL and NIL, how do you see that evolving over the next, you know, two, five, ten years? I mean, pick you can pick a timeline. You don't have to, like, say each one specifically. I just I wonder how quickly it might evolve. So maybe it's a two-year span you're thinking. Um, I'm sure you've thought of this before. 
Yeah, we're in the middle of that uh, evolution as we speak. You know, and and July 2021 when nil became official and they allowed players to start making you know money off name image and likeness it really changed everything it, it changed the industry and i don't even think the ncaa or these institutions w understood the impact that it had on the management side and the agency side and i don't think anyone could have foreseen it because if you think about it you get on with a player now and they can, you know, you're no longer recruiting them and telling them all the great things that you're going to do for them. They want to know what can you do for them? What can you do for me today? What can you produce for me today? And what, what can you get done for me? Where if you do understand NIL and you know how to use it, it does create an opportunity where now the player gets to learn what it's going to be like to work with you rather than just hear about all the great things that you did. So like we're, it, it's going to continue to change and it's not just NIL but the transfer portal, the extra the extra year, when you compound all of those changes, the, the entire landscape has changed completely. And so I don't know what the industry is going to look like in two years. What I can tell you is it's not going to stay the same. We're going to continue to move towards something. Um, and and we the path is kind of laid out. We see what it is, but like it's going to get to the point where some of these guys are going to get into college and they're going to already have, you know, seven, you know, they're going to be making seven figures a year. Or they're going to be making more than their offensive coordinator. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is, too, is like, you know, there are a lot of great players where they have phenomenal college careers and then they just don't make it at the next level. I think we're going to start seeing those guys. They're enticed to stick around the NCAA that extra year because they're going to be able to make money. Like you look at the bowl games, right? This is a bold, bold prediction from my part. But I think we're one year to two years away from these major bowl games and these these major sponsors of these bowl games to start paying these players to play in the bowl games. Yeah. Like, wow. Like the fee, uh, the Fiesta Bowl was, you know, sponsored by PlayStation for the longest time. I think it's Verbo now, right? So it's like PlayStation. You could take a million dollars that you were going to give to the University of Iowa or Notre Dame and just cut that up and incentivize these players to start playing. I think we're going to start. We're going to see that here in a couple of years. And then the collectives. I don't know if you're familiar what that is, but all of these schools have the a company. It's it's basically a collective, right? Where it's a component that's not necessarily affiliated with the school, but they are somewhat um, in association with them that help out with NIL. I think we're going to continue to see the role of the collectives grow even more where like they're going to now be playing a big role in recruiting. Like, you know, there was a lot of players, the deadline to declare for the draft is January 15th coming up. And there are schools that are offering these players that were, you know, wavering on going to the NFL draft or not to come back to school. And if you come back to school, you know, our collective is going to be able to guarantee you X amount of dollars in NIL deals. And I'm not talking like 25, 30 grand. Like we're talking like in the six figures, some of these kids are getting, you know what I mean? Some crazy offers, but look at it. Look what, look what these rules are able to, to offer the kids now. Which makes sense, which makes sense to do that, because like you had said prior to this in the NCAA, not allowing college players to make any money, um, there is guys that just disappear and 
just fade out, maybe play a year or two in the NFL and never, ever make a dime off of how great they were in college. And like you said, instead of um, declaring for the draft, they, they're going to stick or you're saying they're going to stick around, maybe make a million or a couple million in their college careers and then set themselves up for life no matter what, basically, yeah. if, they, if they become NFL stars or not. Yeah, basically 100%. Like there are so many guys every year that were all Americans this year that are not going to play a lick in the regular season in the NFL. Right. You know, yeah. they'll, they'll be a fifth round, sixth round draft pick. They'll go to camp. They'll bounce around the league for a couple of years, but they'll never make an active 53 man roster. Those types of players, they've now created an opportunity to entice them to stick around a little bit longer. And I think just the fact that we're creating superstars at a younger age and then when you factor in social media, which I think like on the basketball side, it's going to be affected even more. Like some people say that we're kind of catching up to basketball, but like I've got a couple NIL basketball clients that are freshmen in college right now, and they're going to be one and duns and like, man, they're making more money than, than uh, a lot of our NFL players. And like the crazy thing is, early deals that I got them, their parents had to sign the permission or the permission slips. The parents had to <laughs> That's what Alex has to do. <laughs> sign the agreements because they weren't even 18 yet. Crazy. And like, and like that to me blew my mind in the beginning. And this is like in early 2022, right? Like yeah. I was just, that's so crazy to me that this kid is barely 18 years old or is about to turn 18 years old. And I'm putting six figure deals in front of him. Right. That's awesome. Like, Wow. It's it's interesting. Ask me in a couple of years, but I think we're in the middle of that evolution right now. And I think it's going to continue to just, it's not going to stay the same. It's going to continue to evolve. Um, one funny, you know, clip, and it's not just us, let's be honest. And I don't know uh, if you know the person or not. So you feel free to, to uh, just plead the fifth on this, but um, Russell Wilson has that, subway commercial that got put out went viral went his viral sand- his sandwich his spicy sandwich or whatever oh, the danger witch the- you know the one <laughs> yeah. okay what like would you let that get through your uh fence i should say would like, you let would, would you, you let, let anyone you represent out? be that cringy on film ever <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, it's weird it's like as if you guys like went through my inbox and are like pulling up these pulling up these subjects unfortunately i gotta plead the fifth yeah. on, on the wilson okay topic. fair, fair. If, if we ever get together for a beer offline i'll talk all day oh, off yeah. record off record or, yeah off record. awesome or, awesome well fa- fair enough fair enough and and then i you know a follow-up to that then is any crazy story we don't need names it can be a party story it can be a uh, uh maybe a uh, an argument but like some something exciting if, if there's a story you can share just give us as much detail as you can and we respect that uh you know certain things can't be shared you're asking me to tell you a crazy story about like the industry or about anything. It can, it can be industry. It could be obviously with an athlete that you've dealt with possibly would be cool, but just but anything. Yeah, it could per- be anything personal. It could be anything. Let's take that too. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. You, you guys are kind of putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> had I had a little time to prep, I could have did 
dipped into the greatest hits and pulled something out for you guys. Okay, well, the next the next time we you come on, it, yeah. the next time you come on, that that would be one of the ones where uh, I know at least we will be salivating over that. I got one last question for Sam before yeah. we let him go. Sam, obviously you have two guys that are on the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. Does that make you a Cowboys fan, or did you grow up liking a different team, or are you basically married? Uh, to the team of your clients, or do you have a team that you cheer for besides the Cowboys? Once again, I think you hacked my email. That's another <laughs> but, um, I grew my team growing up was hating the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, jeez! Anybody in my personal life or in college, like I grew up in Orange County, California. Right. I went out to school in Texas. Uh, went to college in Texas, so it's like I hated on the Cowboys and like. <laughs> I remember in the in the in the grocery stores on Sunday they used to just like play the Cowboys game on like the broadcast of <laughs> PA in the grocery stores and I grew up hating the Cowboys and anybody so like every year when I was a kid if the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs I technically won the Super Bowl like that was <laughs> a Super Bowl victory for me and when Osa got drafted by Dallas um you know, a lot of people were kind of giving me crap for it. And at one point, I actually had four guys on the Cowboys. Like this time last year, I had four guys. Kyron Brown, who was a cornerback with you guys. He's with the Tennessee. Um, and then Shewo Alanalua, who was a running back uh, with the Cowboys. So at one point, I had four guys in Dallas. And uh, I, I will say I'm not – I have no – uh, allegiance to any NFL team, but I will give the Cowboys credit. And I'm not saying this because this is a Cowboys <laughs> podcast, but they really do a good job taking care of their players. And I've dealt with a lot of front offices and nobody does it like the Joneses and nobody does it uh, like the Cowboys. Like one of the things that first thing that Jerry Jones does and I'm surprised more owners haven't caught on to this. Like, if you get drafted by the Cowboys or you sign with Dallas, Jerry Jones gives every player's access to his Uber account. And wherever you are in the country, you can, Jerry Jones is paying for your Ubers. <laughs> but when he, give, when he gives it to you, he says to the players, there's no excuse for you ever to drink and drive. Fair. That's, wow. that's you. you know? Respect. Respect. That may not seem like it's a big deal. But like, man, that's like that. And there's a million little examples like that of what Dallas does to like really take care of these guys. Like there's this story, you know, the dudes, I guess um, Chick-fil-A ice is like a big deal, right? I guess like the ice at Chick-fil-A. So Jerry knew that the players really like Chick-fil-A ice. So he literally had Chick-fil-A soda machines or ice machines put in the facility <laughs> for the players. <laughs> like... They just do, and then like you know, the setup after the games on Sunday, like they just do a really good job. Dallas takes care of their guys, and and I give them credit. Uh, I give them credit there. But yeah, I grew up hating them, man. <laughs> hey. I, America's team says who, right? Jerry, like who, who decided that? You know what I mean? You know who did? Jerry Jones himself. Yeah. And, and, and that I love to hear that because I'm a Jerry's I'm a Jerry Jones fan. Yeah, Alex right now oh. is literally wearing an AT and T Stadium hat. Yeah, I see it. I see it. And I love being some Jerry now. But like, and another thing too, in Southern California, there's like a a large Cowboys fan base. Oh yeah, like yeah. it. Ridiculous. And if you go out to Oxnard for training camp, like you'll see it. Like, but it's like, why? Like, I don't get it. Like, when I would see a Cowboys fan in California, I'd be like, oh, what part of Texas are you from? They're like, oh, I'm from San Diego. And it's like, <laughs> why are you a Cowboys fan? Like, what has Jerry Jones ever done for you to cheer for them? But I think, you know, there was, 
they get more primetime games than than any than any other team in the NFL, right? I think yeah. they had like five this year alone, probably six because I think they ended up getting one flexed, right? Yep. And so I think a lot of people there they just come up on the Cowboys, right? It's just uh, it's it's one of the most uh, lucrative brands in all of sports. Well, that's what happened. That's what kind of happened to me. Like when I was a kid, right? Growing up in Canada, you'd only got X amount of games, but the Cowboys were always on, right? No matter what the Cowboys were on, even over Seattle, which is three hours away from us, they would play the Cowboys game over that. So got people looking for kind of similar to what you're saying in, in, uh, in SoCal, a lot of people just kind of, and we have fans that we've talked to from the UK. They have a similar story. You just kind of branched onto them because they were always on TV. Right. right. It's almost like almost like Real Madrid or like Manchester United, right? Totally. Like I can only name two other soccer teams, right? But like I know I know those two. And I grew up in Southern California during the days where we had no NFL teams. Right. Right. Like we're gone. The Chargers were uh in San Diego. And so yeah, like a lot of the times you were literally getting the Cowboys game like every um and it just yeah, it's just are, are, so anyway. are, are you allowed to say the team that you grew up rooting for? I mean, I told you, I literally grew up rooting for hating on the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making that up. Like, I watched every Cowboys game, even during, like, the Quincy Williams days. You may not even know who that is, but he was, like, a, man, a horrible quarterback that they rocked with for a while. And uh, I loved it. Every time he threw a pick, it was like I won my fantasy game, you know? <laughs> like, no, I'm not joking. Like, I literally grew up hating them. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so that was my team. Them and the Lakers, man. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. That's like probably the one team I have. Like, um, that's that's my team right there. Are the LA Lakers for sure? Um, so uh, I know Anth had one uh, last question, but uh, and I know I'm interested in this and and whether or not any of our uh, our fans are all Cowboy fans. They're sticking around. They're loving the chat right now. But what would you say? Do you what would you say to somebody who wants to get into becoming a sports agent with knowing the landscape and how it's changing and how you got into it? What advice would you give either yourself, uh, a younger version of yourself today, who is wanting to become a sports agent? Like, what's the road to get into it? Yeah, I would. I would first say make sure you're really passionate about this. Number one. And then, you know, whatever that sport, like whatever your number one sport is, like if you're super passionate about baseball, you should pursue being an agent on the baseball side. If it's basketball, pursue it on the basketball side. But just uh, the advice, like you got to really follow the curriculum of the leagues and the qualifications, right? Like the, the, uh, the last part of your question is like, what's the path to take? Like, if you want to get certified by the NFL, you got to follow those NFL PA qualifications, right? Which is having a college degree, having either an MBA or a law degree or seven years of, you know, equivalent experience in negotiating. So it's like, that's the path that you would take. But one thing I would say is just like, make sure you're super passionate about it. And if you are passionate about sports, like understand that, like your, it's not about your career as an agent. It's not about like, your agency's brand as an agency it's about servicing the players and you need to understand that like you're here it's a service job right you're here to service to these guys because if you think about it like you know an osa digazua neville gallimore right like those guys they get one crack at this in five years ten years i'm going to be doing exactly what i'm doing right now 
just right. with a completely different group of guys. Those guys don't have that same luxury. They get one crack at this. And so the sense of urgency and the loyalty has to be on them. Right. And that's like thing that I think people like, we are moving in this day and age where like you can fake it till you make it. And so there are a lot of like guys that are out there, you know, I don't want to use the word pretending, but like capping as if like, you know, they're, they're out there working for guys or that they're these agents or like they're, you know, representing these players when they're not even really representing them. And then like players, young players will fall for it, not realizing that this person, you know, really has no credibility. And so like there's a lot of that what's going on in the industry right now. And I think it's interesting in the sense of there's a lot of being an agent, like you got to self promote. Like I get all that. Like I completely understand that, especially when your target demographic are, you know, 20 to 22 year old kids, right? You've got to present yourself in a way that's going to appeal to them, but like, they've got to come first. Like, it's not about me as an agent. It's about me doing what's best for my clients. hundred percent. And I feel like that's one thing that eventually people will, you'll, you'll get called out for that. Like if you're, like you said, you're in a position where you're trying to do everything for these athletes. <laughs> I feel like you're, um, what you're trying to do, if it's not just for them, it gets exposed hopefully eventually, but <laughs> you could ruin a couple athletes lives in the time it takes for you to be exposed. So it's, it's, it's definitely a big, big choice that, uh, these young guys, guys, like you said, that are in their early twenties have to make. Mm hmm yeah it's it's uh they've got to come first they've got to come first it's it's the only thing that's right and it's the only thing that's fair because they're the ones putting their bodies on the line and you know there's going to come a day where all of this is oh is gone and yeah. then that young man and that young man's family has got to go face life and you've got to put that kid in position to try to be successful away from the field because every day that he gets up every time he gets on the field you know he's a step closer you know it's not Football is a debilitating sport. I mean, you guys saw the game on Monday night. Yeah, I think yeah. it was clear of how dangerous this game mm -hmm. really is and that, like, this isn't basketball. This isn't baseball. I understand that there's risks and there's injuries in those in those games, but football is different. There's a reason that we only play 17 games a year. Yep. There's a reason, there's a reason that you train year-round to get ready for those 17 games. It's not like basketball where you can simulate play year-round. Yep. You can go play a pickup game. And 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 simulate football and simulate basketball. You can't do that in football. No, definitely not. Hey Sam, we appreciate having you on, man. Uh, is there? Do you have any social media like Twitter or Instagram? Because I'm sure there's some people that were listening that would love to check you out. Uh, what do you got there? Yeah, wouldn't it be funny after all that if I told you I didn't have social media? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Social media is huge, but I haven't got it yet. <laughs> um, Sam Leaf on everything. On everything. So it's pretty it's, yeah, it's pretty simple. Reach out to me then, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. And I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, man, thanks for being the first NFL agent we've ever had on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it was a great time. Enjoyed chatting with you, man. And uh, go Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Crack them <laughs> if you got them, man. Yeah, hey, thanks, go Sam. Cowboys. I Thank you, guys. Take care. <laughs> thanks, See Sam. Sam. Bye. Bye. I'll just wait for it. There we go. What a oh, good man. guy. That, that, yeah, great guy. And uh Great questions. Great question. Like, a lot of it, like nice insight. How much did you guys know about any of that? Like you guys, obviously, because you're kind of on the, you guys Even have jobs still, though, in, in media, right? Like, yeah, but it's a different aspect to the media world, right? Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to say, um, but I'm glad that we let him go because we took a lot of his time there and I much appreciated. Thank you, Sam. Um, but I went through a scenario and Adam, you kind of 
witnessed really close hand too. And I don't know if you dealt with agents in your line of business as well, but I went th- through firsthand having a bad agent and then switching to a good agent. Yeah. Well, give so us some like, backstory, AJ, so people uh, know what you're just, talking just about. Like, humble, humble brag. And, here, I, and I shouldn't say bad. It's just a comparison thing. So we, when, when I was younger, um, I had a, I was in a band, we played some music and we had some success, had some success and we got signed to an agency and, um, it wasn't the the label that we signed to, but we had management, which is essentially the same thing that he's talking about as being an agent. Uh, they play the it's a it's a, I don't mean to speak negatively when I say this. It's it's a middleman position, exactly how we outlined, where the person is there to be the one who speaks to the label and then basically communicates the message. I at the time never saw the value of it. I was like, why are these people here? They're just eating up X amount. I can't remember what it was at the time. It's more than 3%, but regardless, the value that he said is a hundred percent true. And our first, um, management company was in actually from Dallas, Texas, but we were playing in Canada. So there was like this Canada is its own music world. And so there was this, this disconnect there. And then we switched to Canadian management and things got a lot, lot better. So, so that's a perfect example, yeah. kind of how he was saying like, and you only do get one shot at it, right? Like, and you get yeah. these guys, like he was saying that you get some bad actors that are possibly talking a big game and then they don't really give a shit about who they're, who they're representing. So yeah. it is cool to see for me anyways, just cause I obviously don't have a, a field in entertainment or sports. So it's cool to talk to, one you when you bring up your stories but then also sam's about oh, uh i loved it oh it was awesome it was well, great time. I, 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 I also loved hearing that osa doesn't take pictures with uh <laughs> i love that <laughs> like that that was the best i fucking love that that shit's the, hilarious the, the thing that i lo- so the biggest thing here is that if this was 10 years ago let's say and we we're and we we're doing stuff in a traditional sense there's probably not a good chance for us to have been able to connect us with somebody three. yeah oh yeah three. no fucking way we're talking oh, fuck we're, no. we're just outside the uh boat how do you say it Ballingy, the Ballingy offices, yeah. just being like, "Hey, man, can you talk? Yeah, can so, you talk? so hey, do you wearing my cowboy? Hey, <laughs> hey, walking up with a microphone and a camera. Hey, do you work here? Yeah. Well, and so, like, oh, you're so, right. So the way that we're the way that things are changing and evolving, and it's and it's great to see that uh, he's open to coming on to definitely a show, awesome. I guess. And even, I mean. You know, I, I, I hope uh, I hope what he said about getting Osa or Neville Neville Gallimore just because he's a Canadian Cowboys fan, a Can- not a Canadian Cowboys fan. He's a Canadian playing on the Cowboys would be great, but we're like, not picky. Oh, not picky yeah. at all, man. But I mean, but the the the, the offer itself was uh, was nice enough. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what we're gonna do now? We're gonna jump into the thing that we do every week. We're gonna talk about score predictions and bold predictions, guys. Yeah, and before we uh, like, we can. This is let's segueing into that. Yep. I just want. I'm bringing up now the players. Oh, okay. Uh, stats for the year, yep. and then also I'm gonna pull up. Um, uh, s- something else. Pull it up and out. Yeah. Hey, man, TP20, 12 yards away from that 1K. Is he playing? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, get, they're getting Tony Pollard, that, that 1K. Even if they... I mean, y- this is basically going into this Washington game. It's all all hands on deck. If they're healthy, they got to play. They have to play. They yeah. have to play. You have to win it. Um, I'm just pulling up the uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys... Not only is it important for them to play, going in on a win is so much more important than losing to a division rival. Uh, j- sorry, 
I, yeah. I, and this is what happens sometimes. So I, I was, I wasn't looking at, I was looking at chat the whole time, but I was able to focus on the interview with Sam. Yep. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out before we hop into this chat. That's fine. Thanks for sticking through that. I hope you guys enjoyed the Sam Lee. If it seems like you did, uh, obviously, and this sounds so cliche to say it, we wouldn't, we would still be doing this if there was one person in it, but because we have <laughs> such rider dies in the chat and guys who like we're building this brand in this community with like, thanks for sticking around. We obviously it makes us doing this week to week. Yeah. Incredibly I, enjoyable growing this with you guys. And even like when we went to Dallas to see the Thanksgiving game, being there with Kilo C and meeting up with uh, guys like Ben Pia, Cowboys, uh, Chris, Cowboys, Chris, like, so just wanted to say thanks for sticking through. And, and as soon as we bring a guest on that, we think, okay, guys would like this. Everybody seemed to be jiving on it. Minus yeah. the Eagles fan. Fuck him. Fuck him. But uh just wanted to give a shout out that, that we're, we're not trying to ignore anybody here. Uh, we're just trying to like kind of get back in and I, just wanted to say, appreciate y'all. Well, and I think that what we're in, thank you, Adam. That's a very nice thing to yeah. say. Sometimes they got to get emotional. We, I was we, just trying to explain <laughs> them that new well, year, new year, new Adam. No, no, it's just because <laughs> EJ was asking about the yearly awards. I'm like, yeah, we're going to get to that. The yearly awards next week. And I said, like, we still have a highlight video of the year that we're doing. There's just a lot of stuff on our, on our end that we're trying to make sure that we're staying up to date with. And I just, yeah. I always want to say that we appreciate you guys. It we is, got we got enough time to do the yearly awards as uh, as time you have to say Happy New Year. <laughs> so like, give us about a month and a yeah. little bit. <laughs> then it starts to get weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, no, I I uh, I just wanted to say that um, we are these. This is something that we would talk about and this type of subject, right? Oh, what's it like to be an agent? And we had, you know, we we probably have to talked about in the past not that specific but we're trying to just bring a subject or something up that's a little bit because if you really want the data and and the hard facts i mean we will we're going to always try to improve on that but you can find better elsewhere elsewhere at this <laughs> point right we, we're just not we're not hyper focused on we're not nerds <laughs> exactly well that's a nice way to put it but on anything there's no hyper focus we're kind of just trying to deliver an overall uh, experience of a of a of a podcast. The podcast is from the perspective of three fans. Well, so, and, 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 so and, bringing in these other other things, like you said, I mean, it's. Uh, I think that's just what we're trying to do, well, anyways. And, not, to, not, and to be honest, we we we've kind of settled into a routine where we know that chat will correct us, or our audience <laughs> will correct us, or f- help provide us information and insight into into these things. So. As much as we are the casual fans and the voice of like you two, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't group say, me sorry, in with casual. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I use the word casual fans because we talk about <laughs> you it. talk about the Cowboys more talk, than anybody I else. Let you know. I let it slide. I ain't letting that shit. Yeah, slide. yeah sorry, sorry. Okay, I, back I don't to mean these casual stats, fans. boys. Hey, Guys, we, just talked, of, we just talked about we don't want to talk about stats. At the end of the day, it is a Cowboys podcast. So AJ, what were what were you wanting to point out on this uh, on the stats here? Just joking. <laughs> Nothing on the stats specifically. I just wanted to say, like, as we're making our uh, bold predictions and, and thinking about the game. Oh, forward, what I what I really want to bring up is this one specific web page that has a really good breakdown of all the uh, uh, stats. And so I'm just trying to pull that up. Don't quickly. shout out the web page because they're not a sponsor. <laughs> hey Zeke didn't do a very good job to get near a thousand last week, boys. We were hoping he was going to run for 170. I know, but, that's, but it's still, that's exactly why what, did he run for 40. But that's exactly why he didn't do it because Ooh, we were expecting that. He's got a 3.9 average right now, Zeke boy. 
He hasn't had that in a he, while. Look, look no, at, he had a bad game last game. Look at game. the 12 tugs, though. His, his last game was like one point something yards. Uh, but he's doing the hard running again. Yes. So you got to. And he's I got mean, 12 tugs, though. Look at that. 12 touchdowns. Does Zeke get that? What is it? Will it be 10 in a row this this uh, Sunday if he scores? He'll have 10 games in a row with a touchdown, rushing touchdown. Here's my. That's exciting. Yeah, that would be great. Here's my question for you, Anth. Yeah. If Zeke ends with a 4.0 average with only 10 more yards. Are you? I'm okay with that. I, but, I mean, but, but for that, you'd only have to run like twice then. Right. But the, what I'm saying, though, is, but then does, is it bad then if he gets 100 more yards but re- maintains a 3.9 I mean, average? with his his role in the in the Cowboys right now is those touchdowns. So as yeah. long as that touchdown mark is over 10, I'm happy. I'm happy with how Zeke's played this year. I just, you see that 3.9 as a running back and as Zeke, who's always had a pretty high four point whatever, it's, it's kind of, it, I feel bad do, for him. Do you think the consensus uh, is like Zeke's getting those? So we say the tough yardage, but I have seen some uh, comments um, just about that Zeke's getting those easy tutties. Like, I mean, it's the, it's, it's right in the red zone. They're already there. Tony Pollard did all the work and now he's taking the touchdown. So it's not that. the hard yardage that, that we keep saying. It is though. It, it, it's not easy to score 12 touchdowns in the NFL. So anyone that thinks that, I don't, I don't know, I guess they could say that. I, I haven't heard that take. Is that actually a take? I did hear it. I'm trying to remember where I can actually quote it. So 866, it's just, 3.9 for 12 touchdowns. That's a decent season for a guy that's split and carries. Do you think, I mean, there's probably not a big, op- he's not, he's probably not going to go for the the yardage that he needs to get that, that thousand yards. There's no way. Unless I don't think so. He's, he needs what? A hundred and hundred and so many. Yards. Yeah. He, I was going to say the hundred and so many yards, but I can't do the quick, is? I can't do the quick. 134 yards. Yeah, 136. I mean, look, 134, 134. Is it, is it doable? Yeah. They just have to be feeding him the entire game. Get TP twenty is twelve, and then just go go Zeke and the whole just time. Go Zeke the whole time, and then just go hard running. Which, hey, I, on, honestly, it might not be the worst approach to the game. Anyways, I would so love to see because I'm such a like. What's the difference? So Zeke gets nine hundred and fifty yards, right? And yeah. uh, Tony Puller gets a thousand, but it's like, oh, but if he got a thousand, that'd be it, so much better. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's just a that handful of yards a game. It's just that that yeah. uh, that number that milestone. Chris, that milestone yeah. that century mark that everybody or that everybody wants to see. Basically, uh, so, sorry. What, go, go, yeah. what, what was the attempts between the two of them? One eighty six and two twenty three. Tony yeah. Pullard's put in his fucking work. Oh, TP twenty's yep. been now, premier now, running back in the NFL this year. They both missed a game, I believe. Right? Uh, yeah. Or Zeke missed. Yeah, yeah. Zeke Zeke missed two. Uh, to, uh, Tony's mi- Tony missed last missed week. Yeah, Tony t- Pollard missed last week, and then Zeke missed a couple mid midway. But Eight. look, this is the how Zeke runs, though. He he gets, I mean, at least for the last two years, right? He gets off to this hard start for the first six games, and then slows down a bit. Slows down a little bit, but still, but again, thinking back to the games, I can't remember. Um, you know, a hard down yarded situation where Zeke didn't come in there and push and, and get the. Now, obviously, I don't mean that he didn't get the first down, but like come in and, and make a, a, a damn good effort. He sometimes he's getting touched at the line of scrimmage and pushing forward for two or three yards. Right. right. What was his page you wanted to bring up? Yeah. Oh, um. Well, the last before we move on, just let's yeah, you sneaky peek. Look at receiving here. Um. What do you want to see here? We got Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz as the number one, two. I mean, Gallup's really underperformed 
So CD does one. CDs, you got your top there, 102. Yeah, reception. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I just mean like CDs, per, if CD gets eight receptions, you know, 75 yards, I'm pretty damn happy with them. Would oh, love yeah. to see another touchdown. It's just crazy to see our our depth behind behind CD Lamb. I really would have liked. That's to what see, I mean. I really yeah. would have liked to see what Ty Hilton could have done in this offense if he was here the whole year. I bet you Ty would have been. I would say probably around seven or eight hundred yards if he was in from day one with the Cowboys. If he played all sixteen games, well, he's good for a thirty plus bomb a game. A thirty plus bomb a game. And he's good for. He's just a, a great possession receiver right now, and I think he could have really. I think he really would have helped this offense. Uh, previously, but I'm glad we have him going into the postseason with uh, with his obvious production that he's doing and the like. Obviously, the releasing of James Washington. Yeah, yeah another thing we didn't talk about. Sorry. James, wa- crack him if you got him. Got James him. Washington released today. So, at first, I don't think I think like I was really high up on the guy, and I want I I wanted to see him do well because I liked what I I, I guess I just noticed him um, when he played with the Steelers. And I just want, I thought, oh, this guy had some talent. But when you bring in T.Y. Hilton, the reason I was so high up on Washington is because I knew that we needed like this receiver to be that number three position. Yeah, you needed that guy. You needed that you needed guy. that guy. And we were hoping what we've seen from uh, T.Y. Hilton in his last two games, we were hoping we had that receiver in James Washington. Obviously, he had an injury in training camp with the foot. He ended up only playing 15 snaps for the Cowboys. It wasn't a I don't think it was a bad signing. The The Cowboys at least no. tried to do something yeah. about it, and it just didn't pan out. And, and, and you know what? I think I actually think in hindsight, uh, which is always easier to make the call, but T.Y. Hilton is the better receiver for that position. He's got that experience. It's not necessarily about him having that. Like, we should have that breakaway speed or or ability in C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. Right. Not, not necessarily speed, but breakaway ability. Well, here's right? the other thing. And, and Brown's shown up and been a really good number number three so you're really looking for that mentorship well here's the other thing too cd lamb who is uh and it's not even arguably he's our wr1 right and you bring in a guy like ty hilton and automatically cd lamb comes out publicly and says i've learned so much already from uh, a veteran like ty hilton now we can say that amari cooper was brought onto the team to to almost play a similar role that they're now using, uh, utilizing T.Y. Hilton in, let's say, like that, having him in there to help create opportunities for CeeDee Lamb. But when you look at like who a player can uh, gravitate towards or accept certain type of like mentorship or the per- from, the person that's being the mentor. Yeah, exactly. So, like, okay, maybe Armari Cooper didn't pair well with CeeDee Lamb, and us as fans are like, you got, you're getting rid of Armari Cooper. He was, he was like a, a, the, the, the route runner that we needed, and he did great stuff for our offense. Okay, well, if he's not gelling with certain aspects of our team, and I'm not saying that he wasn't, but I'm just yeah. saying, clearly, if we can get a guy like T.Y. Hilton in, and all, all of a sudden it elevates the rest of our wide receiver core, specifically our WR1, then it's a win-win all over. And I, and I hope to see it more of a, not just a one-off, one-year thing. Like, I, I hope we see T.Y. Hilton in that role next year if he's doing those types of positive gains with a guy like C.D. Lamb. 
And how about we look at our defense? Here? Sometimes when I'm talking and I'm looking at Anthony, right I know he's reading something, but he's wearing his glasses, so I don't know his look right now. I don't know if he's disagreeing with me. I don't know if he's thinking I'm stupid. I was re- I am reading. The, I'm looking at the stats. <laughs> I was reading the stats basically. But like, well, just like when we're doing stuff over here and you're talking and we're trying to distract oh, man, you, like it's so, that- it's so distracting. And we're not into the start of the show. You guys were farting around. It's yeah. so hard to Anthony. Guess what? You pull it off much better than me. So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, I I'm like trying to get I at AJ. It. What? What's going on? <laughs> well, it's the same way when I'm looking like. Because like you're right in my eye line, and I'm yeah. saying all these things, and you're just like this. Well, yeah, because I'm reading. Cause I'm, I, can't, I'm I can't. I can't see your eyes, so it's just, it looks like you're looking at me like this. <laughs> let, let, let's. I'm look like, at oh, our, am I saying something wrong right now? Jesus. Let's just have a look at our defense Insecurity. quickly, and Holy then I'll pull fuck. up that page, and then we can uh, go into our boldies and yeah, uh, yeah. So predictions. He, here's our defense right now, total by tackles. Look at the baby. top of the list, baby. Donna Wilson. Hey, and then you got LVE, and this was one thing I did want to say prior to us. Talked about whatever we did going into the postseason. We should have Leighton Vander Esch back. We should have um, uh, Hankins back, and we should have uh, Tyler Bydash back. So that's three guys that are, we're going to have three starters, or at least three big contributors back for the postseason, which is nice. And we'll get. I kind I'm kind of missing LVE a bit. I I realized that the guy does have a place on this defense, and he's he's gained some respect. I'm sure this is a big deal to him. He's wow. gained some respect for me this year. Hey, it <laughs> makes a deal to me. Did uh, you, you know that uh, you know that um, uh, uh, Schultz is going to run up to him uh, tomorrow and be like, "I just was watching the CanFan <laughs> podcast, and you're back in Ant's good books." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you click that TFLs actually, AJ? The TFL. Uh, I, I, Yes, and uh, but real quick, we, I, we mentioned this, but I just want to reiterate our crack. We got him. If you got him, two of our safeties, or even the top fucking uh, six here, three of the top six, two, three, two of the top three tackles are our safeties. Yeah, so, which respect, Jaron and defense, but it means that p- players are slipping by and getting to safeties. And safeties Ooh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're Not saying. Not now. Given Wilson and Curse are often up, they're on the line. They're up there if they're yeah. fighting through the 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 seven. They're 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 in the they're in the trenches. Those guys for sure. Tackle somebody! Don't let these guys chew up the goddamn clock on us. Oh, it feels good to pop one off. I know, it? right? <laughs> so tackle for loss. Micah Parsons not surprising, and then yeah. Demarcus Lawrence. So those actually those three guys: Micah now, Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Norrence Armstrong are the top three guys for tackle for losses. That's uh, no surprises there. And in, until we hear different. I think I don't think a tackle for a loss is counted for a sack. It's so, not. No, right. It's okay. not. It's got. It's got to be. It's got to be the the ball carrier behind the line. The yeah. craziest thing about that, you look down the line and you get Sam Williams and uh, Dante Fowler Jr. who haven't had a crazy amount of snaps, but they're still up there each with with uh, eight for Sam Williams for tackle for, for loss, and Fowler Jr. has seven. That's pretty impressive. And then our boy Osa with a, with a solid six. I do yeah. like that. No, now just. Consider right now, Osa, uh, just a straight up Osa for Randy Gregory. I mean, he's just performed Osa or like uh, Dorrance Armstrong. No, I'm just saying, like, if you look at what Osa did compared to what Anthony Gregory gave, and especially if you go price per sack, like dollar per sack, like Osa is just a much better player to have than Gregory. But the better comparison is Dante Fowler. Yeah, Fowler or Armstrong, yeah. I think, would be. Sure, they're sure. both, they're oh, okay. both ends, right? Osa's right. a tackle. Oh, sorry, so sorry. I see Arm- mean, Armstrong, yeah. Fowler's a, a better, and both of those guys, Armstrong and Fowler, have both been better than Randy Gregory this year, and they're both cheaper than he is, combined. 
Yeah, and Fowler, I've been I was calling his name. I'm really glad that he showed up and got six sacks. Maybe he'll get another one tomorrow. But he's definitely a guy to be uh uh that great signing hear. in the offseason. Yeah. Definitely Dan he was a Dan Quinn guy earlier in his career and he's definitely found some success in the rotation on the defensive line. Okay, so as we uh prepare to make our bold predictions, I just want to to pull up this if you remember this page it's just got all of the good it's got uh the players on the the right hand side for our, our listeners it's got all the top players stats leaders on the Ooh, right it gives side. you the spread too can we G- see that spread there spread, yeah. i want to see the gambling but it stuff. doesn't show spread. this it Scroll doesn't up. show the turnovers oh i right? guess it has it there too okay so aj there was just an easier one to read go up right, right there so spread the cowboys are minus seven the money lines minus 320 and the over under set at 41 so they're only saying a touch. We're only going to win by a touchdown. Which really? I, I mean, it is a divisional game, but we are playing against a rookie quarterback. A minus seven. That's that's lo- that's pretty low to in, in my in my. But this opinion. is just on the typical sports book. It's not everything. I, I actually, thought, I, I thought it was. At, I, I thought it was a five point five. Yeah. Well, I saw five on another one. But that's even that's even say they're they're expecting it to be closer on yeah. some sports books. Well, then I still I'd take the over. Right. Hey, listen. Or yeah, the the I take the spread. I all, mean. all we know is that Ant is. I'm not, not betting. I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't I'm not betting. I, sh- I should bet this week because no, it's, fuck it's, you. Well, it doesn't really mean much. No, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna bet. I can't bet it. I can't bet in playoffs. 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 This is my last chance to bet on the Cowboys. I say go for it. Well, hey, right. what was the last game that you bet on? Uh, just, I oh, actually, the Jaguars. No, no, I won. I won money on uh, who did we play after that? The uh, the Eagles. Oh, so you secretly bet? Yeah, but it was just like with a buddy. Like it wasn't. Wow. It wasn't on a sports. No, 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 book. no. Yeah, no, no. But the last sports book betting. That yeah, you it was against the Jaguars. Yeah, so fuck off. Don't no, bet. Doing it. Hey, but so all, well, all for, everybody out there, when we lose, when we lose to the Commanders, it's because of Anth. When because <laughs> he has that power. I say Anth, dude. I'm all for it. When 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 you look at this is the uh, Washington Commanders last whatever game since October 23rd. So just start looking uh, for viewers uh, or for audio listeners. Sorry, viewers, you can use your eyes and see uh, what's You got it the wrong way, though. Scroll up. I know, but I'm saying because this is how they have it displayed. So just look. This is what the point I want to bring out. Look at all these wins. Yeah. So it's like, you know, five five wins in six games. And then as you move out, boom, they've actually gone for a tie and then three losses. That tie against the Giants just derailed their whole season. Yeah, it did. They, I, at one point, it looked like the, all the NFC East uh, uh, teams were going to make the playoffs. Playoffs, and playoffs. the Commanders just totally crashed and burned since December 4th. They haven't won a game since November 27th. Wow. And now they're starting a third-string quarterback who's never played in the NFL, which can be scary because you don't know what you're going to get. But, yeah, that's wild. So uh, here on the stats page, we just have a quick breakdown of the total yards per game, rushing yards per game, a comparison, et cetera, et cetera. So passing yards, first downs, rushes for first per game, passes for first per game. I mean, we got all the hot stats. This is going to help us make our bold predictions a little bit more juicy. Well, what sticks perhaps, out to you guys here? They're, they're actually yeah. quite, when you look at. It's not, it's not a. They're actually quite. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very similar. It, it go down maybe to the the interceptions, throw, fumble, loss. That's got to be the telling point. Oh, I mean, it's, everything's quite quite similar. Defensive interceptions, obviously, Dallas has 15. Washington has eight. And obviously, uh, we have 45 sacks, and the, the Washington only has 26. I'll, I'll tell you this. One stat that scares me is Washington 
can control the ball. 33 minutes of time. That's a long time. Yeah. Time time of possession. They're they're definitely keeping the ball. They're they're beating the cat. That's really the only stat I'm looking at that they have over the Cowboys, and that can be scary. So they definitely can run the ball. They definitely I mean Terry McLaurin's a scary receiver. They have a couple good running backs. Like they have a good team. It just it hasn't worked out. They obviously had success earlier in the season. And since they would they would love to make sure Dallas doesn't end up getting that first seed. hundred percent. This one also do, do we does Dallas only have twenty six sacks? No. We have like we have four in the forties. Well, what's this defensive sacks? Dallas twenty six. I, I don't know. 45. I think that's how many we may have given up. No, mm. we yeah, it's it's got to be something like that. Sacks allowed. Wouldn't that be funny if Alex was looking at like a week? Thir- uh, what uh, what week? <laughs> could, <laughs> what, what was the week? What was it's an older one? I'm trying to think what week we were playing them beforehand. Okay, this is how it is. It's backwards. Oh, yeah. there you go, baby. Sacks allowed. Dallas is, I think they screwed that up because it should be Dallas has 51 sacks, and I think we've only allowed 26 sacks. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's what well, it is. Okay. Well, now this entire webpage that you brought it's up. It's fucking moot. Is, it, it's just, it's, it has to be disregarded. We can't take these stats into we, account. We cannot take those right. stats into account at I, all. Are you ready for uh, score prediction, bold prediction? I'm ready. We need, we need a, you know, something for next year for our. Things that we're going, our segments that are going to be like every week, every week, or or that we will use somewhat frequently. We'll have a little intro song, intro little song, ten second intro song, uh, maybe a infograph, little yeah, infograph. infographic, yeah, we'll little do, sexy we'll, picture. Yeah, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 pump it up a bit. I mean, I've said it all this season. Oh, I'm going to make a crack and player of the game. You no, know, two thing. years. I think we're on now. Well, no, this is the first year that we did crack and player of the game. So, but <laughs> thanks, but thanks for coming out. Did uh, we do crack and player last game? No, we. Uh, no, we yeah, voted we on CD. it. Well, what, no, no, we picked it. Actually, went, Dalton you, Schultz ended up winning the. Fans? So the fan was Dalton Schultz. So that was that's what fans we went Dalton Schultz in the Instagram at Cowboys Can Fan uh, poll. Well, we are we are men of it. the people. I don't agree uh, with it. We are men of the people, so we'll concede. Okay, who's starting off? So Dalton Schultz? Yeah, the Dalton Schultz got crack and play of the game. Okay, I'll start. Score yeah. prediction. Obviously, they're going to win by that minus five that I'm betting on. And I'm going to go with the over. I think it's going to be over 41 points. Cowboys are going to have 30. I've said it, I've said it so much, but I just have to get it once. 38. 38-7. Cowboys win 38-7. Boosh. Boosh. Adam? And the Cowboys. Oh. Eagles lose. 49ers lose. Cowboys getting that first seed, baby. Let's go. Is that your bold? Yeah, that's my bold prediction. Good call. You dirty fucker, you. That's my. Were you going something like that? That's what I was going to do. Oh, uh, okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I can. I can alter. Uh, before I do that, shout out to Bandwagon Baba. She says, uh, "Does AJ not know that the beer should be poured into the mug? <laughs> it She's, fits so perfectly, Baba. <laughs> Look, I mean, you can feel the air push out. That's how tight it is. Plus, what everyone doesn't know is that uh, uh, AJ uses that as like his junk drawer. That's my junk. He throws <laughs> my junk. He chewed gum and th- chewed gum, leftover vapes into there. Um, okay, so Popeye's chicken. <laughs> Popeye's chicken. Uh, so I think we're gonna see uh, forty to twenty-seven game for the Cowboys. All right. And I feel That's a lot of points scored up on him. Yep. Wow. I but and, and primarily because 
we don't know what Sam Howell will do. And be, this is a nothing game for them, but it could be a something game for him. So you never know. Sometimes these, like, uh, it seems to be a trend where these these uh, these third stringers will come in and all of a sudden they'll start producing stuff uh, out of nowhere. So yeah, I I, th- I do think it'll be a, a little bit more point scoring from them than uh, than what we would have expected from uh, Taylor or uh, Wentz or, or Wentz. That fuck, you know. Um, what was your? 40 bold? to 27. No, you're bold. And my bold prediction. Ooh. Oh, my bold prediction. Not your ball prediction, Adam. Oh, sorry. My ball, my, my bold prediction. Ooh. Uh, LB, the, the, the new LB, Lindsay Best, says 27-14. Wow. But she doesn't specify if it's the Cowboys or the she's Commanders. Going, she's going Commanders. Probably going Commanders, eh? Feels uh, like it. The, the wife. 27-14? Yeah, that's LB's. Lynn's best. It's yeah. Cowboy. It's cow. We always say it's Cowboys unless you specify. Yeah, it's Cowboys unless you specify. And your bold prediction is uh, my bold prediction uh, this time around is we are going to see Cavante Turpin. Ooh, get a return touchdown on a punt. So a punt return. Punt return. Touchdown. Touchdown. Okay, and so that's a screech shot too. Yep. And so I didn't want to just say it. Good. I hope he back. gets a receiving touchdown or a kickoff return yeah, touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll take either. But no, I mean, no, no, no. You, you no, said I'm punt saying, return. I'll take either. No, receiver. I'm, fine. I'm fine not getting my ball. Not, not kickoff. That's still a fucking screech. Oh, yeah. Screech. It would still be a screech, but I mean, ads bold prediction oh, would it oh. be. Do we have any screech left? From the, yeah, we do. Yeah, well, yeah, we got a fucking full bottle. Yeah, oh, we got a full God. bottle. Like, that's then that will be if we're doing a screech shot. It's coming out of the non-cracked bottle. I'm going the most conservative of us all. Okay, thirty-four points for the Cowboys because it's a nice, a nice probable number. Yeah, snooze fest, snooze fest. Guys, uh, and then I think um, Washington goes for seventeen points. You know, they're able to score a couple, but uh, it's not scary throughout the whole game. Cowboys win 34-17. And do you think they get a couple garbage like that? Seventeen's like a a touchdown or a field Could goal a with la- like a minute left. Yeah, exactly. so it's actually a bigger beatdown than it looked. Yeah, I think that they I think they get a touchdown sometime in the first three quarters, and they probably kick a field goal as well because they're going to get close enough. Ben don't break, but then there could be a last you know f- six minute touchdown that really is not going to get him. Any, anywhere. But. Ain't gonna get them Co- shit. Cow- Cowboys might have even pulled Micah Parsons shit. at this time. Oh, you know? you're saying the Cowboys might pull their starters if, well, they, get if, you're up, if they get a big lead. If you're up 34-10 with six minutes left. You, you know we're gonna have might. the picture and picture up to uh, on Sunday. Oh, yes. Well, so yeah, as we were talking about that, EJ's giving two fun stats. The Eagles have beaten every NFC East team on the first time around and thus far have lost each time they replay them. Could Ooh, the Giants keep the streak going? That's what we're hoping. And then his second stat, uh, he has another fun stat. The Cowboys will be playing three straight QBs, making their season debuts in a row. Crazy. That's seeing that makes me nervous because then we're going to go from that, like I said, to Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but whatever. And and making a last buzzer beater uh, appearance on the pod. Hey yo! Oh, Nate Dog! Just Dogg's before I give my bold prediction, just before you give the and Nate Dog, if you're just showing up, well, you are just showing up late. Uh, <laughs> He just said, his survey says I sobered up from last week. Uh, <laughs> rewind, we had uh, a sports agent on um, who represents uh, Osa Ozigizua. Odigizua and uh, Neville Gallimore on it, the pod. And, 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 it, was and good, it was a good chat. And as a shout out to our 
who I can I feel like we can call him our boy now. Our Sa- boy. Uh, Sammy Sa- boy. Sam Leaf. And to our a boy affiliate, Osa and Neville. <gasps> Dude. I'm Calling a sack for both of those guys. Oh, sweet. So we're, is that that we're calling them the Balangi group? The Balangi group. Balangi group. The Balangi group. Balangi group sack. The Balangi group. Balangi group sack. Well, here's what lunches. we're gonna, here's what we need to do to Sam Leaf. We need to send him a care package with a couple can fan shirts. Yep. Not only for himself and for his squad, but for uh, for our two favorite clients of his. Yep, absolutely. So let's hear that boldy then, AJ. Yeah, that, get that bold. Get that so, bold. So, get that oh, bold. Oh yeah, both sacks. Gallimore. Okay. I want and, that one. And uh, Osa both getting a sack. The ba- ball and G sack co. Or as Boots on the ground says, the can fan affiliates. The can fan affiliates. All right, we're gonna shout ourselves out here. Long two hour episode. How do you shout yourself out? I'm about to do it. Long two hour episode, which was great. We had a good chat with uh, Sammy Boy. We had a good chat with the Bandwagon Boys. What time are we gonna be going live? Who cares? We'll be here at some point on Sunday. Yes, let's that's go right. Let's go a monster hour. Let's before. go a monster hour before Woo! kickoff on Sunday for the last game before this playoffs, baby. Let's go playoffs. See you Sunday.